This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Cardinals baseball today with Jennifer Langosh on this Thursday, March 9th. And Jen, we thank you, as always, for the time and a timely uh, podcast as we speak here again on a Thursday as uh, just hours ago. A pretty cool announcement coming down from Major League Baseball that the Cardinals and Pirates are going to play a regular season game in Williamsport as uh, part of the Little League World Series. Kind of tell us more about that. Uh, It seems like a very cool thing for both the kids and the adults. Yeah, this is really neat. Uh, You know, it follows last year's game at Fort Bragg, the military base, which was a first um, for Major League Baseball. And now Major League Baseball is going to a minor league park. So the Cardinals and the Pirates, who were scheduled to play a four-game series in Pittsburgh in mid-August, are now moving the last game of that series, the August 20th game, to Williamsport. It falls right in the middle of the Little League World Series. And I think one of the cool things um, isn't just that the Cardinals and Pirates are going to be playing in Williamsport, but the players from both teams are going to spend the day leading up to the game, hanging out at the Little League field, going to those games, talking to those players and interacting with um, a bunch of little kids who, who someday dream to be in the same shoes that they are. It'll be unique, of course, in that the Cardinals and Pirates will be playing in a minor league ballpark that will have a capacity of about 2,400 seats. Wow. Um, so a very different feel there. And especially cool for Randall Gritchick and Lance Lynn, who both actually played in the Little League World mm-hmm. Series as 12-year-olds, um, and now they're going to get to go back as major league players. So those two in particular are looking forward to this game. I'd be remiss if I did not give a, a shout-out, if you will, to the defending Little League World Series champions from Enwell, New York, because it's 10 minutes from my hometown of Binghamton. Uh, just a tremendous run those kids made last year to win the whole thing. And so if, if anybody's out there listening from Enwell, uh, my hat's off to you. Uh, a lot of regional pride as they won the Little League World Series uh, last year. And, heck, maybe they repeat in 2017. I don't know. But, uh, Jen, uh, have this been in the works for some time, or did this come together rather unexpectedly? Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been in the works for a little bit of time. I remember after the game in Fort Bragg last year, the commissioner came out and said um, he was looking forward to doing, you know, showcase games um, similarly in different venues and different unique um, setups. And so um, this was something I think that the ball got rolling on over the off season. Of course, there were a lot of logistics um, to kind of work out. It had to do, you know, with travel, getting from Pittsburgh to Williamsport. Um, as Lance Lynn reminded us today, you know, the airport there isn't very big. So mm-hmm. um, logistically had to figure out the schedule, had to make sure that the minor league ballpark there, which is currently being renovated, was going to be finished and had major league appropriate dugouts. So there was a lot of stuff there. But, um, you know, in talking at least on the Cardinals side here, and, and similar to everything I've heard from the Pirates side, is both organizations embrace this opportunity. We know that Major League Baseball has, you know, made a huge initiative toward trying to encourage kids to to play the sport of baseball, to watch the sport of baseball, to fall in love with the the major league players. And what a great way to be ambassadors for the game by showing up um, in Williamsport, which is really the epicenter of little league baseball for those few weeks um, and having those kids get the opportunity to to meet major league players. And a lot of them are going to now get the opportunity to go to a big league game. 
Yeah, it's and like you said, uh, just the atmosphere of watching two big league clubs in a minor league ballpark with a capacity of not even 2,500 seats, that's going to be quite the quite the sight, an odd sight, but a, but a cool odd sight. And uh, that'll be great uh, for TV, great for the adults, like I said, great for the kids. And uh, kudos to uh, Major League Baseball to make this thing happen in conjunction with the Little League World Series. So, Jen, from that uh, to the World Baseball Classic, I'm asking all the uh, – Club reporters this week about uh, each team's attitude uh, towards the classic in terms of, you know, is it something that there's that there's buzz about within the clubhouse? Is it something that you might walk in there and you see games on the TV? Are are players talking about it, or is it kind of, you know, for guys not competing in it? Is it a thing where it's out of sight, out of mind, and because they're not there in a foreign country competing, that they're focusing more on the task at hand with their big league club, and there's really not a lot of buzz right now. Where does where do the Cardinals fall on this scale? Yeah, probably in the middle there. I don't hear a lot of players necessarily talking about it, but I can tell you the last couple of days when I've gone into the clubhouse early in the morning um, with the time difference with the games going on, over in Asia, the games have been playing in the clubhouse and they've attracted a lot of attention. So um, the players seem to be into the games. I know some of them found it very fascinating to watch how a different culture celebrates Major League Baseball and kind of the noise and the atmosphere around it, which is very different than what we see here. I do think, however, that there are going to be a lot of eyes tuned in to the Dominican-Canada game tonight because it's Carlos Martinez, of course, who is starting for the Dominican Republic team. So I know that a lot of his teammates here were looking forward to seeing him pitch there. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I would say maybe lukewarm to, to the whole thing, but certainly when there's nothing else going on and a TV on in the clubhouse, they have been paying a little bit of attention. Yeah, and, and like you said, uh, just to see the, the way the fans celebrate in other countries and other cultures, it makes, you know, American fans, it makes it look like a three-hour church session. It's just, you know, it's it's incredible. I mean, American fans get excited for the big moments, but it seems like every pitch especially for fans of, you know, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Venezuela. I mean, they are just going crazy. They live and breathe baseball, and it's something that, you know, if they could kind of pass over on, on this side of uh, of the globe uh, for games in America, it would make it all the better. But it's, it's so much fun to watch. I agree with you on that. And like you said, Carlos Martinez is going to be starting uh, tonight for the Dominican Republic. That's going to attract a lot of eyeballs. Now, a guy that uh, did pitch already and is on his way back to Cardinals camp is uh, closer Son Wano as uh, Korea was bounced in uh, you know, pool play in uh, pool A, I believe. Uh, they're no longer competing. They were uh, one and two in their three games. But, Jen, I know that, uh, you know, obviously you, you want to root for your guys to succeed and have their team do well, but I, I can't think anybody's too disappointed that uh, Son Wano is going to be on his way back to Cardinals camp. Just in terms of uh, how he's looked this spring, he was so dominant last year, uh, you know, taking over for uh, the struggling Trevor Rosenthal. Any reason to think that, uh, you know, he won't be just as dominant in 2017? Is there any fear of a sophomore slump, or do the Cardinals feel like they've got one of the game's best at the back end of that bullpen? Yeah, the Cardinals believe that someone is the real deal. And, you know, there were, there was some thought last year as to, you know, the, the, the more familiar other teams and other hitters got to him that maybe they would figure him out. We really never saw that happen. I mean, he was just as strong in September as he was when he was unfamiliar to everybody. So um, the Cardinals, you know, of course, have, have built the back end of their bullpen full of a, you know, a number of veterans who could step in as closers. But um, the Cardinals have a lot of faith that Sonwan O. Oh, it was not a fluke what he did last year. And perhaps he's um, at 2.5 million 
million, one of the best bargains around baseball this year as their closer. I think it was encouraging to see in the World Baseball Classic, three and a third scoreless innings, um, six strikeouts there. So he got off to, to a quick start in spring and um, ex- big expectations for him. And, you know, for, for O in particular, um, this is a walk year for him. So if he can have a big season here at age 32, he could set himself up for a really nice payday come free agency. Yeah, I mean, the only thing better than being good is being good and cheap. And the Cardinals have checked off uh, both boxes where Sonwon O is concerned, especially when you see the the crazy money that guys like uh, Chapman and Melanson got this offseason. Not that it wasn't warranted, but when you get a guy as good as those guys in Sonwon O for significantly less money, then uh, all the better for the Cardinals, certainly in their financial situation. Uh, Jen, to transition a little bit from him uh, to some offense, some infielders in particular, uh, Aledmus Diaz, you wrote how he's putting in some Extra work on defense uh, during the spring. And Colton Wong, a guy that has been lost a little bit in the shuffle. Uh, We saw him last year, you know, bounce from the infield to the outfield experiment, which went pretty well, and then back to the infield for a little bit. He got demoted, got, you know, sent back up to the majors. So give me your takes on uh, both those guys in terms of, again, Diaz with his defense and kind of where Colton Wong is right now and how he fits in with this team. Yeah, I mean Diaz and Wong, I think, are very two important pieces, you know, for the Cardinals in terms of what they want to accomplish this year. I mean, we heard um, the Cardinals talk so often over the winter about how they wanted to become a more athletic team, a better defensive team. Um, Colton Wong is a huge part of that. I mean, when you look across the infield, he is an above-average defender. He is the best infield um, defensive player that they have. The key for him, of course is going to be able to separate the offensive side from the defensive side. What we've seen from him at times in his career is when he's struggling at the plate, he can sometimes take those struggles out into the field, um, and we see a little bit of looseness there. We'll see how he comes along as an offensive player. The, the good thing for him is that with so many other big bats in this lineup, I would guess that Colton Wong will probably slot into that eighth spot in the lineup, so there shouldn't be a great amount of pressure there for him to perform. And again, the Cardinals look at his uh, you know value mostly coming in the field. You look at Alenis Diaz, on the other hand, this is a guy who's going to be in the middle of things offensively. I would guess that he'll start the season as the two-hole hitter between Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter, which has to be a great place to be um, given the amount of pitches that both of those hitters around him are going to see. He has had a terrific rookie season at the plate, expects to continue that. And for him, the biggest developments um, are what he can do in the field. He, he got better as the season went on last year after a pretty rough start. He's been working out at spring training very much with uh, Jose Okendo, the longtime infield instructor who's now um, working mostly with minor league players. But he showed up early to work with Diaz. They've worked a lot on footwork. They've worked a lot on positioning, on how um, Diaz needs to move into the ball instead of letting the ball come to him. So all of these things the Cardinals believe can help Diaz at, at least be an average defender at short. And they still believe that his ceiling could be a little bit higher. So big expectations um, certainly coming into his second year. Yeah, no question there. And Jen, just to wrap up about uh, Colton Wong in particular, is there a feeling that kind of the worst is behind him with uh, everything that happened with him last year and all the, the uncertainty and the shuffling between the infield and the outfield and that he is at least starting to get back to being that, you know, that, that confidence uh, guy that he was when he, when he first came up and he, you know, he really kind of set the world on fire. He was uh, what Aledmus Diaz is right now in terms of a guy that really generated buzz. Yeah. And the biggest thing that's held Colton back is consistency. I mean, we've seen some great spurts from him, whether it's been in the field or at the plate, 
But being able to do that over a full six months is something that Colton hasn't been able to do the last three seasons. So I think for him, it was a big deal this winter to hear the Cardinals commit so heavily to him. We saw last year where things when they, when he wasn't hitting very much, um, he'd go in and out of the lineup, get those inconsistent starts. The Cardinals are very adamant that Colton Wong is going to be their everyday second baseman. So I think that vote of confidence means a lot to him. And quite frankly, he's probably at the year in his career where he has to prove that he can be a really good player over six months. I mean, he has the contract. Um, he's been in this league now since 2013. So the Cardinals are just hopeful that he can put it all together, maybe take a little bit of pressure off himself because that's always something that has held him back. And if he can just play free and let his skill set go, again, he hits exactly the boxes that the Cardinals wanted to improve upon, which is athleticism, good base running, and good defense. He can be all of those things if he can just let himself go. Yeah, and like you said, batting eighth uh, could do wonders uh, for that confidence in terms of not putting too much pressure on himself. He can just get out there and, and be free. He's not a table setter. He's not in the middle of that order. He's batting eighth, and uh, I think that for at least right now, that is the perfect spot for Colton Wong. Uh, Jen, to wrap up here, we got to talk about uh, who I am now christening the amazing Adam Wainwright, because he is just continuing to enrich the lives of teammates uh, off the field with that uh, great story last week about uh, getting the rental car for one of the uh, Cardinals minor leaguers. And uh, you may recall last week uh, for the fans listening that he had that kind of aha moment uh, by rediscovering his uh, curveball thanks to the videos on MLB.com. And now we're reading, uh, courtesy of you, of course, that he is also starting to reincorporate his changeup into his repertoire. Um, had this been a big pitch for him, uh, you know, during his prime and his, in his previous successful years, or is it something now that he's looking to incorporate more uh, to kind of give him a little more deception, maybe if he's lost a few ticks off the fastball? Yeah, the thing I love about Adam Wainwright is he's always working on something. And for a guy who's been a top three finisher in the Cy Young vote four different times in his career, it's amazing to hear this guy speak about how he's tinkering with pitches or taking new places on the rubber or changing his delivery. He's always kind of looking for that edge, as he said, um, to become greater. The changeup is really a pitch that he hasn't used all that often since he was a reliever back in, in, in 06 and 07. Um, since then, you know, it, it accounted for, you know, usually between four and seven percent of his season pitches um, with a really low percentage last year. He believes that this pitch could, can maybe you know, take the place of a cutter uh, if, he, if he doesn't want to throw that as much. And again, it's just Adam Wainwright trying to always stay one step ahead of the batter. He believes if he can throw another pitch in there, give hitters something else to have to worry about, it's just going to make the rest of his repertoire better. So, I mean, we all know that Adam Wainwright isn't going to take the mound and throw heat by anybody. So this is, I think, just him, you know, at the waning ages, waning part of his career, trying to be a little crafty, trying to develop something new to be able to extend his dominance a little bit longer. So, yeah, we, we've seen the curveball. Now we've seen the changeup. Um, and I'm sure after Adam makes his next spring start, he is going to have another revelation to share with us. Yeah, maybe a gyro ball, a knuckle ball. You never know with him. Uh, like you said, you put it perfectly that for a guy as accomplished as he is and the, the stature that he carries to, to continually be working on something, always wanting to get better, that sets an, an extremely great example uh, for everybody else on that team. Uh, he really is the consummate teammate. And, Jen, we are now under a half hour away from Carlos Martinez taking them out against uh, Canada in the opener for the defending champion Dominican Republic in the 2017 World Baseball Classic. So with that, we'll let you go. Hopefully uh, the tsunami uh, does his thing against Canada and uh, something to discuss next week, I'm sure. Jen Langosh, thank you for the time. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, St. Louis Cardinals. 
MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details.